Hi, everybody. I'm Sabri Beneshore from Marketplace. And I'm Tim Fernholtz from Quartz. And this is Actuality. What you're listening to right now is the sound of global warming. Compelling. I can hear the doom. (laughs) Well, you can hear the sound of global warming data, at least. And that's what this episode is about, listening to data. Yeah, what's the point of this? Well, like, what's the point of sunification? Uh, perhaps our listeners know that we at Quartz love charts. We chart our days and nights. We chart prices. We chart macroeconomic indicators. We run charts of charts. We've got a website about charts called Atlas, atlas.qz.com. Yes, you... A little self-promotion. <laughs> we can chart that. <laughs> but obviously charts are not very podcast-friendly. I'm always pitching Sabri and Claire on just describing charts on the podcast, but no one really likes that. You know, you can just wave them and listeners can hear the paper flapping. It's true. But flap no more. Today we have two experts in the art of making data into sound. That's sonification. We're going to listen to some of it and see what we can learn from it. But first, more global warming sound. Our first guest is Professor Mark Ballora of Pennsylvania State University. He is a musician, a composer, a sonifier, a deadhead. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hi. We'd love to start just by listening to one of your sonifications. Yeah. So, Sabri, what do you think you just heard there? I, th- I heard the sound of my own mortality. <laughs> <laughs> I know I haven't sonified that. That was from your um, your Arctic sonification set, and it was the basal temperatures. Basal temperatures as in the temperatures of glaciers and ice sheets. These are the, the temperatures that measure global warming. So, yeah, the temperature of the ice, uh, the Antarctic, at the point where it's making contact with, with the Earth. That sound is so cool and weird and... I love that, like, there's no way we could get a microphone to that place, but we just sort of heard it. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you could get a microphone there, it wouldn't sound that way. That's that's the thing. It's not a literal sound of that. But what it was was I had a set of data points that a geologist gave me here at Penn State, and the, the data points were the temperatures. So what I wanted to do was come up with a sound that kind of sounded like heat or warmth, just to suggest that we're listening to temperature activity here, and I wanted to represent that activity with a quality that we could hear. I think that was about 400,000 years of activity. Well, that's what we had over six minutes. I don't think we heard all of that. That might have been only 100,000 years. But anyway, the point is we get kind of this time-lapse listening photo. I come up with a sound model that is just intuitively suggestive of the phenomena and then try to make its activity clear. And just to like back up a second, who invented sonification and why? Most of us would go back to a guy named Gregory Kramer, and he organized the first International Conference of Auditory Display, which was in um, early 90s. I think it was 94. Mm. And, and I think he just felt that intuitively that in our information age we were heading toward the situation where we find ourselves now, which is where often we get more information than we really know what to do with. 
and nobody ever really looks at it. It's been said we create digital landfills. <laughs> if we're getting all of this information, we're going to need more than just the eyes to make sense of it all, and it makes sense to use the ears, too. So that was in 1994 when we had computers to do all of this, but before then, you know, people made graphs and charts with, you know, rulers. Was there someone, a composer, using data to write music that could be played by people? Well, Pythagoras thought he was doing that. I mean, when he described music of the spheres, he, he thought that he was describing these cosmic harmonies that described the motion of the spheres that orbited the Earth and the tones that were sung by the sirens on them that we mortals couldn't hear. The thing is, before computers, they couldn't be that precise about it. I mean, yeah, you could play something like that on a guitar, but the kind of precision that we need to get really isn't possible uh, unless you have a computer. You can approximate it and you can make some nice sounding music without a computer, but if you hope to study it, you really do need a digital instrument. What are some of the more interesting things that you have sonified? Well, picking up from Pythagoras, I got to sonify a bunch of cosmological data. I, I got to be involved in a, in a film uh, that was being made uh, by a couple of luminaries in their respective fields. There was uh, George Smoot from Lawrence Berkeley Labs, co-Nobel laureate in 2006 for describing cosmic microwave background radiation. And he had teamed up with Mickey Hart, who's a drummer and ethnomusicologist uh, with The Grateful Dead. And they were making a film called Rhythms of the Universe. They started sending me data sets or telling me where to go to find data sets, so I had data sets for cosmic microwave background radiation, uh, spectra of uh, nebula, whole bunch of galaxies, helioseismology, uh, sun quakes, solar radiation. You have data from basically every sort of measurement we could take of the universe. We, we tried to throw in everything we could find, yes. <laughs> yes. Can you tell us some of the applications for sonification? Because it's one thing to hear a sound and then have it explained like, okay, like the pitch is the distance to the sun and the scratchiness is the solar wind. But like, could you listen to that first and then derive something from it? The ear is really good at picking up certain kinds of information. It's really good at getting cycles of information. And we're real good at picking up real subtle rhythmic changes and real subtle changes of pitch. You don't need to be a musician who's taken ear training. We're, we're born with that. The ear is also really good at following multiple streams of information. There's this interesting sonification program, I think it's called Xsonify, and it was written for an astronomer someplace, and the astronomer is uh, blind. And so they, they made this software so that she could listen to the data sets. The really interesting thing that just a lot of her sighted colleagues liked using it because there were patterns that they could hear in the data that they couldn't see as readily. Huh. So what is the future of this uh, technology? Uh, what I'm really interested in at the moment is in the, the idea of using sound to enhance science education, to, to grab kids. 
there's another fellow who uh, studies Arctic squirrels and the fluctuations in their body temperatures over the course of a year. And he goes around and he talks to school kids, and apparently sometimes they don't find his graphs as engaging as he'd like. But so we're hoping that if they can listen to this kind of funky groove that goes with the graph, that they'll be that much more engaged with it. They'll grow up considering sound to be a part of the way you study science, just as we grew up considering looking at nice pictures as the way you study science. And, and in that way, the uses of sound will just accelerate as people are just brought up thinking that's how you study it. For kids out there doing science projects or anyone else that has a bunch of data, is there an easy way to sonify? Do we have to go to you to do it, or is there like a simple hmm. program we can download? I'm afraid at the moment you have to go to me <laughs> or somebody. <laughs> sorry, or somebody like me. There, there isn't an easy way to do it. That's not to say that there couldn't be one. Somebody would have to invent it, and, and I guess I could. The thing is, it's hard to come up with a general sonification tool. Different data sets have such different characteristics that uh, most of us make them from scratch in a program. Like, I, I use Super Collider, which is an audio synthesis programming language. Mark Ballora, Associate Professor of Music Technology at Penn State University. Thank you, and we are going to play you out on your favorite sonification from your collaboration with Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead that you mentioned, Solar Winds. So Actuality is technically a business and economic show, uh, so we wanted to bring in a researcher also at Penn State University named Matthew Kenny. He also makes sonifications and has collaborated with Mark Ballora in the past. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You focus on sonifying economic data, so let's listen to this first one you put together for Foreign Affairs. It is a model of bacon cheeseburger sales. That sounds great. That was the price of a bacon cheeseburger over the past 20 years. Can you explain how and what the different elements are and what we're listening to? There are a couple of variables, obviously ingredients for cheeseburgers. There's the ground beef, the cheese, and the bacon. I looked at each of these variables and the price for each of the variables and sonified them over time. So as the price of ground beef increases, the speed intensity and the pitch of the sound increases, and that is the same for the cheese and the bacon. So overall, when you take these three variables together, you'll hear the price of a cheeseburger increasing over time. What was the banging sound? Which variable was represented by the clang, clang, clang? Uh, so the banging sound was the ground beef. So if you think of like a spatula running against a grill and flipping a burger. Hmm. What other business data have you sonified? So I also made 
two other sonifications, and one was looking at coin sales, um, so the sales of silver and gold coins over time. For this sonification, I really had two ideas for sounds in mind, the sound of coins dropping on the floor, and the other one was banging or like a bell-like sound. So I kind of met in the middle uh, with those two sounds. So it cuts out right when the data set stops. Um, let's hear one more. Uh, so how did you make this one, Matt? Um, yeah, so this one was looking at car supplies and truck supplies over time. I was thinking about cars kind of whooshing off a lot in regards to sales. For the truck sound, I was thinking more of a truck engine. So what kind of sonifications would you like to work on in the future? There's no data set in particular, but what I am interested in is trying to come up with a way to create like a kind of monitoring system. If you think about the sports world and you're maybe you're swinging a golf club and you want to know how far offline or online your swing is. So in the future, are we going to be like out on the golf course and I'm going to have like a tiny hearing aid in my ear and when I swing, it's going to make a noise that tells me that I shanked it to the left? That's right. That's right. I would love to design something like that. That's exactly it. I'm excited about a future world in which we'll be interpreting everything through sonification. Matthew Kenny is a researcher at Penn State. Thanks again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So wrapping up, I guess uh, I guess I really wanted to find some way to put charts on this podcast where people would be like, oh, I can tell the trend, but I'm just not sure people are ready to interpret it. I mean, imagine someone seeing a chart for the very first time. Like, it might not make a ton of sense. I don't know. If we grew to recognize these sounds, you know, if they were using sounds that we knew and we got used to. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of Ballora's long con is, you know, why he's so focused on the education stuff. He wants kids to become conversant in that language. The other thing that I thought it was a good analogy for this is, like, old-fashioned. I don't know if you can do any more engines, like a car engine where the mechanic could hear what was going wrong. You know, he would know the engine was off by so much or something. That seems like a, a way for, for us to relate to this. Oh, and I will say that I do, I'm not done with this. Um, some of the guys on our things team at Quartz who do coded journalism want to make sonifications for us. So. Well, let's do it. it can sure We're going to do it. it Get be... ready, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes some data in sound. All right, and now. And now. For something completely different. At Quartz, we track surprising discoveries. They're the news items that make you raise your eyebrows. And today's surprising discovery is that in France, you can win uh, welfare payments for an allergy to Wi-Fi. That is... I... Oh, I should mention also that this report on the Wi-Fi allergy is from Wired's UK edition. Tell me a little bit more about how this happened. I will. There is um, a woman in France named Marine Richard. Uh, and she claims to suffer from electromagnetic hypersensitivity, which is a thing that some people claim to suffer from. Science has not yet proven that there is a real uh, interaction between people's health and 
uh, electromagnetic radiation like Wi-Fi, like cell phone stuff, like coming out of the computers and screens that surround us, coming in through the headphones into your brain right now. So she And she got a disability payment for it? She did. She had a court in France uh, award her a legitimate disability payment, although it does not mean that the country recognizes uh, EHS as it's known as a disease. Uh, she lives in the mountains of southwest France to avoid uh, electronic uh, interference like that. Yeah. I mean, dogs can apparently sense electromagnetic fields when they urinate. They always line up with the poles of the earth, apparently. Is that true? Yeah. No, I heard it. That's a major claim. You heard it? (laughs) So, I mean, it's not beyond belief that, you know, people could, I suppose, perceive electromagnetic radiation. Well, if this was an article on the internet, I would link to an episode of the podcast 99% Invisible that concerns just this topic because it is pretty interesting. Uh, it's called, I guess, Snowflake. I'm linking to it audibly. I'm doing a podcast link. I'm going to do, do a, a sonification. sonification. Yes. <laughs> and that is all the time we have. Uh, if you want to know more about charts, sonifications, or the aesthetics of the orbital spheres, or the sounds that dogs make when they are pooping due north, I can't promise that we'll have any content on that at courts. <laughs> uh, or anything else happening in the economy today, check out marketplace.org and pz.com. And while you're at courts, sign up for our daily brief. It is the perfect way to start your day. And, of course, we'd love to know what you think of this podcast, what you like and what you don't. We've gotten a lot of feedback that we really appreciate. Um, and also suggestions for topics we should take on. So email us at mpqz at marketplace.org or leave us a message on our voicemail at 802-430-6779. Again, that's 802-430-6779. And holler at us on Twitter. I'm at Sabritri and Tim is at Tim Fernholtz with a Z. Jake Gorski made our theme song. Thanks, Jake. Thanks to our producer, Claire Tennisgetter, and to our overlords at Marketplace and Quartz. You've been listening to Actuality, the Marketplace Quartz podcast. We'll be back soon with more stories from around the world. See you then.